Everybody, welcome to another episode of The Essential 11. As always, we are brought to you by Acton Academy, Acton Academy Placer, and of course, ApogeeStrong.com. Uh, don't forget about our friends over at Discover Praxis as well. Uh, today's guest, it's another Apogee Strong call, and uh, if you are familiar with mixed martial arts, you will very much be familiar with the name John Fitch. Uh, John is a living legend as far as the sport. He is one of the greatest to ever do it, uh, predominantly fought. Uh, at welterweight and, and uh, was famously out of the AKA tribe uh, out there in San Jose, uh, was a world champion for a long time and is just one of the best to ever do it. Uh, was uh, excited that he accepted to come on and chat with the young men of Apogee Strong. So here you go. Give it up for Mr. John Fitch. Well, Mr. John Fitch, how are you, sir? I'm good. Good, man. That was, that was a good conversation. I got a, bu- I got a bucket of Legos. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Did you walk right into the Lego talk? I've also got a smaller bucket of all the instruction manuals for them. It would be nice just to get rid of that. That's uh, (laughs) that's fire kindling, my guy, you know, just just light it up, man. It's a, uh, it's a pleasure to have you, man. It's a, it's an honor, dude. I, uh, I very much appreciate you coming in. Sorry. I missed, uh, last week or the last uh, scheduled appointment, like yeah, COVID crept up and got me out of nowhere. And yeah, sleepy for like three days. Couldn't. I get it, man. Well, I'm glad you're on. Glad you're on the men. What about your boys? You got they get it too, or? Well, they're kids, so like yeah, it doesn't man. really affect them. Yeah, just knocked it they, out. They, dude. they, they yeah, tested good. positive, but like a little bit of a cough, but like they're still running around good. and yeah good good man that's awesome well man i just want to make sure you have context of this and then we'll dive in and uh and talk all things john fitch man so i got some schools out here in uh in northern california so i'm out near uh near sacramento ish um so i got a few schools that uh that i run out here and when i say schools they're just vastly different man they're uh you know guys running their own everybody's running their own business um all, it doesn't matter if you're five years old, 18 years old, everywhere in between. Um, we focus on Socratic conversations so young guys can learn how to think, not what to think. There's no indoctrination going on. Um, these guys That's are driving great. their own academic journey. Um, it's more of a work spot for young people than it is, you know, a, a traditional school. And um, got a lot of mutual friends that are having their kids. So uh, Faber's a good buddy, and he's going to have his kids over at the SAC campus. Uh, Danny Castillo's a buddy. Elkins is a buddy. Cool. Chad's a buddy. That's- that's really important because I, I feel uh, all the all the old institutions are kind of empty shills of what they're meant to be. Man. And I just I don't think especially for young men, I don't think they serve us at all. True story, dude. True story. And, True you know, story. They, they worry about the oh, like young men aren't going to college that often. And I was like, well, a lot of guys are waking up and realizing that it's mostly a sham Yep. and there are other ways to like make money and make your living than going to college and going into debt. That's right, man. Yeah. We were just talking about that too, right before you got on. I mean, that's absolutely the case and being an educator. I mean, I, I learned the game very early on working at Stanford for quite a while. So I, I know the, I know the game and it's a game, man. And it's mm-hmm. a game. Most people don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I graduated with the degree in education, uh, PE and history. Yep. And then I did a year of grad school for pedagogy administration. Yep. And I just was like, I ain't doing this. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. Yep. I I could see what was happening. Totally. You could see the game, man, playing out. Um, And I want to dive into that a little bit, too. These guys in particular are, uh, you know, Timmy Kennedy. uh, And I put this program together to serve these guys. We got young guys from all over the world on here. And, um, you know, we'll record it and send it to the ones that can't make it. And we'll release it as an episode of of the Essential 11 as well. But these guys are, um, you know, bucking the trend. They're taking on projects and challenges and workouts and, um, you know, for this year-long program just to be better young men. You're right. School's not serving our young guys. And that's the point mm-hmm. of this is we want to serve and, and help make them good men because we don't have enough good men doing good men things, leading in good men ways. Uh, we need to fix that, man. So that's what this is all about. So yeah, it's pretty rad, man. So uh, I I want it because I, I I love your whole story of of walking on, you know, with with wrestling and, and jumping in. Like I love that whole thing. But I want to I want to kick it off and actually tell you this. You actually watched me get beat up. Uh, so I was so, and it's a good story. So I, I, uh, I had the pleasure and fortune of, of training with Frank, uh, in San Jose for a while, you know, and I grew up kickboxing with Dennis Alexio, um, out of Vacaville, uh, and, 
was at Chico State uh, for college and saw uh, a couple guys grappling, um, and we just went, "What? What is this?" You know, and I went in there and got my ass handed to me, um, and just went, "Dude, I got to get some more of this stuff, right?" So, um, was in the Bay working there, started training with Frank, and uh, got a call from. Uh, Ken one day and was just like, Hey man, you know, you want to come try out for the lion's den? I was like, yeah, cool, man. Sounds good. He's like, Oh, by the way, do you want to fight on Friday too? Can you make, you know, can you make this weight? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I guess I will now, you know? And so, um, you know, I got to, got to go up there and yeah, man, just got to go up there and, and, uh, and get at it. But, um, over the course of being in San Jose, uh, there was like two days that I went in and I don't even remember why, but I got to go to AKA and, uh, and I had a chance to go in and spar uh, with the Josh's. I got to spar with Thompson and, uh, got to spar with Koscheck uh, when he was there too. And both of them just, uh, you know, high, much higher level and just whoop my ass as they should. Um, but I remember you being there, uh, that day. So that's all, uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, pretty cool, man. So, um, oh, but I want to talk John Fitch origin story, man. Um, I want to talk about you getting into wrestling. What's kind of spurred that as a youngster, um, what spurred you to kind of continue on and we'll go from there. Oh, man, I was always just like driven to com- combat and, you know, eighties kid, you had, you know, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, uh, you know, all the Stallone movies, all the Schwarzenegger movies, Van Damme, like, you know, it's like action and fighting was like a big, a big thing. And I don't know if it was just because that was what I surrounded myself with or if it was just what was always around. But, um, you know, that and then pro wrestling got me interested in, you know, I just wanted to be tough. I wanted to be a tough guy and, and do tough things. So I wanted to be in uh I wanted to play in the NFL. That was my goal. But then I also want to be like a soldier, you know? And then I, I stumbled upon wrestling because I had a, I had a second cousin who uh, would tell stories about his brother being on the high school wrestling team. And he told them in a, like, in such an exciting way that it sounded like pro wrestling. Yeah. So like he was taking the bus uh, after school, he was taking the bus over to the, the junior high uh like another another school wasn't even in our you know it wasn't even in our school system like we went over to where the bus is where the buses changed and the kids like got yeah. off or got on to another bus so we would go and we would ride off over to this junior high and the junior high coach tony truex who's awesome he would let anybody who wanted to wrestle come in and wrestle like he wasn't like checking your you know he didn't check what school you're coming from or how old you were or whatever like he just let anybody come in. We had, you know, we had uh, second graders and third graders on the team. It was a junior high team and we would travel and we would do tournaments and stuff. And I was, I, I remember I was a fourth grader wrestling like eighth graders at tournaments. And uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't like any age tournaments, they yeah. were junior high tournaments. He yeah. just lied and That's said we were seventh graders or whatever, just <laughs> so we could get, yeah. so we could get reps. Like that wouldn't even be legal today. Right. You know, like there's no way I would be legal today because there was no like permission slip signed or anything. For sure. And um, like I, we never, and he never, it was never brought up like that he was doing that. Like it never even occurred to me that like you couldn't put a fourth grader against an eighth grader. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and so yeah. like I got like in high school and I was like, and then they started like when we got to high school, they started restricting what he could allow on the team. And then eventually they got rid of him. But um, yeah. So like, I realized that pro wrestling was fake and then I, I kind of hated pro wrestling and I still don't really like it now because I found out how fake it was. And then, um, I just fell in love with being able to like go to practice and fight people every day. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't good at first. It took a while cause I was only doing like half seasons cause I was still playing basketball but it wasn't until seventh grade that I started doing full seasons. And then I started doing freestyle in the postseason also. So I went from like six weeks of wrestling to like 18 weeks of wrestling starting in seventh grade. So dude, I love, here's one of the things I like that you said, you said, dude, I wasn't good, but you wanted, but you wanted to keep going. Right. And that's a big, that's a big separate. And I'm, and I'm sure, I mean, I don't know how many guys you, you've seen so many guys come into gyms in and out and they come in all fired up. You know, I want to be a, I want to be a fighter or I want to be a whatever. And, 
And so many that just, as soon as they get hit in the face, as soon as they realize, dude, there's a whole different level of this, there's the drive to compete for so many guys. It's just gone, right? Like, do you think that's a DNA um, trait you have? Well, you have, we recognize this a lot with fighting because a lot of guys would come into fighting from a different background, especially at that time. You know, guys had one discipline that they were good at, and then they, oh, I'm going to try fighting also. And you would find that it was really hard for guys to start at the bottom again. Yeah. Right. Because you had guys who were, you know, Olympic wrestlers, Olympic team wrestlers, and they would come in and, and, and a guy who never even wrestled in high school, but you know, he was a purple belt jujitsu would, would choke him and make him look silly. And, and uh, they just didn't like that feeling of like being on the bottom again. Like, like I'm already, I'm already up here on, in this, thing people view me up here but you go into a different discipline and then now you're at the bottom and like guys a lot of guys can't handle it their egos can't handle it that's a true story man I, I was lucky that um i was so competitive and i wanted to win so bad that i couldn't i couldn't stop it was like i'm not i'm not only gonna have three wins this year that's bullcrap i'm not gonna suck i'm not gonna be that guy yep I'm going to drive. Do you think that's a DNA thing? Is that something that you'd look back and go, man, my parents kind of instilled that? Is it a cultural thing? Cause it was a different uh, for me, way. I think it was a little bit in my DNA a little bit. I guess my, my old, my, my mother's father, he was really competitive, but um, it wasn't like a, a taught thing. Yeah. Like discipline yeah. and hard work, like watching my father, observing my father, like never give up, never complain, you know, um, that was a powerful thing because yeah. it was it was a shock to me to like grow up and then come across people who yep. complained about things yeah no right yeah absolutely and allowed and allowed that complaining to stop them from from finishing whatever task they did and like my, my my dad was a civil engineer uh he built most of our house like he's a master craftsman with woodworking and stuff yeah you know and i, I would watch him work on something for for hours and then make one mistake and it was a mistake where i was like ah you know oh shit i have to like start over yeah 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 you know basically he wasted three hours because he made this one mistake and like he would just sigh and then shake his head and go god damn it and then he would just start just get at it and he would fix it that was that was it that was the extent of his complaining yeah yeah (laughs) to this day and it's still still is uh really impressive Absolutely. Well, and it's, it becomes, I feel like that's something that's more impressive too, is as time goes on, because I feel like there are less and less of those men out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and culturally we're definitely not um, told anymore to be those guys. No, um, you get brownie points for being, for a, being victim. a victim nowadays. Bingo. Right. Like that's where you get your brownie points. Yeah. Oh, this thing happened to me. <laughs> I can't go on. It's that. And that's, you get brownie points for it. It's like everybody just comes around and goes, yeah, you're right, man. That's, gosh, it's so hard to be you. And and it's, oh, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that, but it's what I want different for all of these guys on here is to understand that the world doesn't actually work that way. The world re- rewards results, right? Well, I think as a man, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody's coming to hold your hand. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you had a hard day. Nobody, nobody cares if you're struggling, honestly. Uh, you know, you'll have your tight circle and on some level they will care, but at the end of the day, like they're not gonna like sacrifice their life and success in order to save you. Right. You know, no matter how good of friends you are, how much you love them or how much they love you, that's um that's just a fact. Yeah. Biological imprint of like survival you know and as a man like it's up to you to take care of yourself and handle things so how does that life's not fair life's not fair period and so how does that impact the way you raise your boys too right because you're out here where i i mean you're out here where i am we're in you know um you know, we're in California, which is arguably one of the nuttiest, um, you know, as far as culturally speaking, one of the nuttiest states. So how does that impact the way you raise them and teach them to kind of combat um, something that you and I both, you know, I think don't just don't agree with culturally? Man, I think um, spending as much time with them as possible, actually, like actually raising them, (laughs) actually spending the time with them. 
um, you know, uh, I, you know, I watch the shows with them. I watch them play their video games. Like I watch the stuff that they're taking in. I'll stop. I'll stop the movie they're watching and be like, guys, this is fantasy. This isn't how life works. Understand that this is will never happen to you. Like I'll, I'll stop the show and I'll break it down. I'll be like, this is, this is haha funny to watch whatever, but this isn't life. And if you try to, uh, structure your life based on these things like you're gonna fail yeah man yeah that's a big that's a big deal one of the, um one of the things always because i obviously get to work with a lot of parents too having all the having all the schools and um you know one thing i talk to the parents about is your young men your kids will do what you do before they do what you say and so you leading by example and making sure let you them are, see you work hard yeah let man. them see it i brought them to the gym with me before to yeah. watch workouts but I'll, I'll shut down electronics while I clean the house. Yeah. You know, tell them to pick up whatever their thing is or play on their own. I'm cleaning. Like, I just want them to see me do work. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Watch me, watch me build this thing. Yep. You know, yep. watch me make mistakes and, and not freak out. And, and that's awesome, man. Make mistakes and then and do it over again. Yeah. Try to get them involved somehow. And I've been, I've been doing that a long time. You know, I would build a house before I got divorced. I'd put him out in the playpen, you know, in the backyard to play in his playpen while I'm out there picking up leaves and, and taking care of the pool and, and doing all that stuff just so that they can see me doing physical work. Cause I feel like that was something that I saw my parents do a lot of, you know, I watched my mom clean the house and take care of the house. I watched my father build things, create things. I watched him take care of the outside, uh, you know, landscaping, all that stuff. You know, we had to take part and, um, and help out with that stuff, you know, spreading the mulch out just about every other year, <laughs> put new mulch out, big ditches, whatever, you know, just, uh, I think it was a healthy thing. It is a healthy thing, man. Do they, uh, they have a pretty good, I think they're, um, old enough. How, how old are your boys now? Cause I feel like they're close to mine. Nine, nine and seven, nine and seven. That's right. I feel like they're I'll close. 10 and eight, 10 and eight next month. Okay. Yeah. Mine are going to be 11 and nine next month. And then my boys, uh, those are my girls, my boys, uh, going to be six. And so, um, they have a pretty good idea now too, of, of your career, uh, in, in martial arts too. They have a pretty good, have they watched, watched some of the fights and, and under a little bit, a I don't know if they've even seen any of the fights. I haven't like sat them down okay. to watch okay. anything. All right. um, we've been to a couple Bellator events, okay. so I've seen some live events yeah. there, and and they just know that people know who I am, yeah, because you know we'll be out and we'll see we'll see people or sure people will recognize me and ask for a picture or whatever. So sure, they've seen that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so I was interested. So I, you know, I mean, as far as the career goes, obviously, you had, I mean, an amazing career, one of the best uh, to to ever do it. Um, is that something that? you miss and then is that something that you want for them don't want for them want it if they want it um you know what are your kind of your thoughts on them kind of getting into that uh they already do jujitsu they recently got their uh gray white belt i believe it's like the first the first kids belt are they with um, uh camarillo or where where uh well we're doing we're at aka at aka so, yeah cool um, the ron kessler is running the program okay there cool now. got it got it got it and, uh, but they do because they're with their mom half the time. They do go two days a week to uh, Josh Thompson's gym. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and he's got a couple instructors and people over there that right on. With, uh, they work with. So it's it's good because um, it's good too because it's like the AKA is a little more technical and they they co- compete a little bit more. They're more competition minded. Yeah. Where the um, the other gym is a little softer and funner. Okay. Got it. So they get get a little balance. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Like they work hard and they get smashed at AKA a lot, and they go to the other school and they can smash those kids, and then they have a fun time. That's fun. So it's a good, it's a good mix. But like, and they, it's really cool because they asked to go extra days. That's awesome. They could have ended up only going two days a week, but they asked to go the third day with me, and then, um, then with their mom, they asked if they could go. That's cool. That's rad. So, so do you do that? Do you have that in you to where it's like a, Oh God, I want to get like, because you have so much experience and knowledge and understanding and background there where you like, is it a hard thing to fight of like uh, wanting to be the dad no, slash coach? I've got so much experience coming up through wrestling and seeing yeah. 
how negative an overbearing father or mother in the sport yeah, can, be, can be and how yeah. it drives kids away from it when they start getting some independence. Yeah. And I never wanted to like force them into wrestling young. Yeah. Like we, we put them into classes and stuff to see if they enjoyed it. And um, we had them do the stuff they liked. Like they started off with an MMA class cause it was at the right time and it was fun. There's other kids their age. And then uh, school and times and stuff shifted. So like we couldn't make that class anymore. So, you know, I, I made them go to the jiu-jitsu class instead. I was like, well, we, we can't make this class. Let's go to the jiu-jitsu class. They're like, oh, but we like this one more. And I was like, I get it, but the times aren't right. And you need to do something. They're like, okay, it's fine. We'll, we'll go. And they didn't like it at first, but after like three months, they, like, they were asking to go to more. Um, but like, I don't want them to have me as coach or all the time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So like, it's one of the reasons why I take the AK and have Ron coach them is because, you know, right now learning the basic fundamentals, they don't necessarily need me to teach them the basic fundamentals. Um, they already have me yelling at them enough throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They so give them a little bit of a break, but when they get a little bit older and they start, um, wanting to compete, you know, I think I'll get a little bit more involved and I think, you know, but I'll leave it up to them. I'll ask them how much they want me to be involved. That's awesome. You know? It's like, if you guys ready to start competing, you know, I've got some info. I can help you with some stuff you guys want to know. And then, and then we'll start to work. That's cool. Um, I did force them to be my students during um, the lockdown. Oh, the lockdown. Yeah. The, 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 student, the, the, the schooling at home, the gyms were shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had two friends that were around their age and I called their parents up and said, Hey, bring your boys over so we can have a weekly wrestling practice just cause I wanted to keep them sharp and keep learning something. So we would do Tuesday wrestling and, and they have their friends and then they got to play with friends that they didn't get to see cause the school was closed. And then, uh, they got to, you know, I got to coach them a little bit. That was that's cool. That fun. That's very cool. Um, and actually, as you were talking about too, it made me think. So when I mentioned those guys at Chico that uh, got me into the grappling too, this is just kind of a one-off, but I think you might. So Jason Peets was one of them. Um, he, he grew up with like Jerry Bolander and uh, Mikey Burnett and some of those old school uh, Lions Den mm -hmm. dudes. And then Pat Minahan was the other one. And I think Pat was out at Pat, AKA okay. for a while. Yep. Pat was great. Yeah, man. So Pat was one yeah, of the... Uh, those were the two dudes that uh, that I jumped in with and went, hey, I know how to fight, you know, I know how to kickbox. And then they went, all right, cool. Let's show you what fighting really looks like. And um, I, I credit both those. They were good dudes, man. Got me into the sport. Yeah, Pat's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a documentary from uh, 2008 when I fought G GSP. Yeah. Such great, it's on such great heights. It's on Amazon Prime. But Pat Pat's in that. Is he? Okay. Such great yeah. heights. I got to see that. I don't think I've seen that, man. I got to check that out. Uh, yeah, that's one of the... Uh, one of the screw jobs EOC put me through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We made this documentary, and we tried to get two minutes of footage from the fight. Yeah, to, uh, to use in the in the thing, yeah. in the in the, uh, in the thing, in the documentary, and uh, they wouldn't tell us no. They just draw drew it out, and I, I told the the producers and the guys from the show, I was like, they're not going to give it to us. We need to move forward and release it in a, in a timely manner without that footage. And like, no, we really need the footage, and like. Took them over a year wow. to get a no back, which iced the whole thing. They lost the majority of the music because the music got popular in the time in that year. So like they couldn't afford couldn't it anymore. Get the rights anymore. Dang. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the buzz from the fight had died down because it was over a year yeah. past the fight. So it's like they they know how to stall and play the waiting game and get what they want. Gangster. It just, it sucks. So like there then there was a printing issue with the DVDs, I guess. So now it's just floating on amazon prime for people for, for to watch for free and there's like zero residuals or Dang, yeah that's routing it well i still i still want to go uh definitely want to go check it out it's and a good watch though for sure um gentlemen i got another question um that i want to ask mr fitch uh that's actually kind of on the tails of that movie thing but i want you to to be able to uh to put your hands up um and uh, i'll start calling on you guys uh that have some specific questions um Speaking of movies, so if I remember correctly, you were at the movie theater uh, not too long ago with your boys, and it got a little sideways. Yeah, we uh, we went and watched the new Spider-Man movie. 
it came out and people were just like loitering around in the halls of the theater. Yeah. And like we were like, we were like walking to the front and not really know what's going on. That there's a security guy there. And uh, he's like, Oh, you can't leave. Like we mean you can't leave. I was like, Oh, the police are like doing whatever. Like why? Like, Oh, there was a shooting. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently um, there was a shooting out. There was a fight and a shooting outside the mall where the theater was and then they locked the whole thing down we're locked down for almost four hours but it's it's really annoying because out of all the like the news stuff yeah i went through yeah it, it sounded like bs yeah it sounded like somebody saw a fight heard a loud noise and called the police got it and that was it because there was nothing in the reports about eyewitnesses seeing a gun or whatever got it like there was, there was no like named witnesses there was it just there was no um there were no casings yeah from the nothing. gun found nobody smelled gunpowder there were no reports of that like they didn't find a victim they didn't find uh, the it. shooter so like i don't i don't even know if anything really even happened got it got it that's so funny yeah i just i remember i remember seeing but that it too. was yeah it was just one of those california things one of those <laughs> I've, i lived in vegas for a little while and they have open carry in vegas do they and there was there uh in certain places like i remember being out in public yeah like places yeah. people are out doing stuff at the park whatever people having a gun on their hip yeah and i felt way safer yeah. in that environment absolutely yeah absolutely man i mean we got constantly we got a bunch of texas boys on here too man constitutional carry you know i mean that's that's the deal yeah. it's it's ridiculous i mean obviously i'm always carrying too but it's you know we gotta have the ccw which depending on what county you're in here in california man that's not always an easy it's deal impossible to get. to get them in certain the, places you're not you're not going to get it for sure the bay's ridiculously ridiculously mm -hmm. notorious for it man yeah that's not yeah we're told that uh you can fill out your CCW stuff, but they'll put it on a stack and they'll never look at it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're lucky that we're in like a little, you know, we're just east of, uh, just east of SAC out here in Loomis. I don't know if you know, you know, Loomis is, but it's kind of at the base before you head up the, the hill, the Tahoe. Um, so a little farm community and, you know, Placer County is pretty, um, rural for the most part. And, and, uh, the sheriff is very pro second and, and, um, you know, just a, he's a, he's a good dude. So he, he hustles yeah. that up a little bit and, and helps a bunch, man. But most of California is definitely not like that. Mm -mm. You know, that's the case. California uh, in New York now, or New York city, they're like, you can do armed robberies and not dude catch a real charge, not catch a charge. And even yeah. in California, I think if it's like, uh, you stay, as long as you steal less than 900 bucks worth of stuff, right. It's not going to be a big deal. And there was even something that came out, saying pull that uh, on you and you shoot the guy in self-defense like you're gonna get in more trouble you're gonna get in trouble yeah than he would from robbing you yeah yep my buddy who's a tax guy sent me something the other day too saying that california is asking um politely asking that if you did steal something this year if you don't mind bringing it back great but if you are going to keep it do you mind claiming it on your taxes yeah how's yeah. that a real world dude that's a that's a yeah yeah it's something all right parker you're up sir so my question for you is what is in your opinion what is the biggest problem in society today and why i think people are soft I think people are just soft like bad things happen i mean there's uh an overwhelming push towards emotionalism i think is the big problem and people are more willing and ready to have an emotional reaction response deal with things with emotion and make decisions based on emotion rather than logic and reason you know i think the whole covid lockdown thing we're having right now is a big emotional response to a not very serious sickness and if uh if people were less emotional and more logical we we wouldn't have done things the way we did things yeah yeah, I I like that you that you put it that way too, and um, it's almost it's kind of that stoicism. You know, one of the books these guys read in the program is "Obstacle Is the Way," right? Ryan Holiday's yeah. um, deal and talking about stoicism, and and I think there's a big confusion on what that means. It doesn't mean that we're saying humans shouldn't have emotions. We're saying that you shouldn't think from that. 
you shouldn't operate from that, right? Emotions are are great, but operating out of, like you said, operating out of logic um, and making decisions based on logic, not based on emotion is a big deal. It's important to understand what emotions are. They're, They're a biological response to stressors. Right. Okay. So you need to understand, okay, I'm feeling this emotion, like what's causing this emotion. And then dealing with the, the cause of the emotion, not reacting to it, not, oh my God, I'm oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Like you shouldn't be overwhelmed. You should understand, okay, I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? What's causing this feeling? Yeah. Deal with it. Yep. No, it's, it's beautifully put. That, and, and I'm fan, I'm going to call on you in just a second, my man. Um, talking about, you know, emotions and understanding why you, why you feel a certain way. And then going in, you know, we had Tony Blauer, um, you know, joined us uh, not too long ago. He's just kind of just a master class in fear and understanding how to embrace that and go in. What was, um, kind of that emotional journey for you going into a fight, you know, and kind of just harnessing that, like what, what, what did that, what was that kind of that process for you from a mental side of, of dealing with the feelings that come up through that? Cause I know GSP is, you know, he's been very vocal, especially lately saying like, I hated it. I hated fighting. Yeah, I was just uh, really good. Nick, you know? Nick Diaz recently too. Is said, Nick too. Said yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. No. Yeah. Same man. Like one of the reasons I even decided to fight in the first place was, you know, there's an old movie, um, fight club. Right. Love Tyler it. Durden says something like on the lines of like, how much can you really know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? And I had been in, you know, maybe two or three fights in high school, but they were like teammates, football practice fights, wrestling practice fights. That's not a real fight. Um, and then there was a few drunken brawls in college, but those weren't really real fights either. It's like one or two punches, people tussle, people fall, it's broken up. You know, it's not, it's, it's not really a fight. Yep. At least it wasn't in my my way of thinking of it. So like that was, you know, I was getting at the end of college and I was like, man, I saw that movie and I heard that. And I was like, man, it's like, maybe I should try one of these MMA things just to try it. Yeah. And that was kind of like the point I lost my first fight. And I was, I was just too competitive to like allow myself to not go back again and, and try it again and do it a different way. But yeah, man, it's, it's never easy. It doesn't get any easier. I'd say almost it gets harder as time goes on because there's more pressure. There's more weight on your shoulders. Right. There's, more, there's more at stake. Um, the longer you've been doing it, probably the better you've gotten. So the better the guys are you're fighting. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, I remember I fought in an eight-man tournament in Mexico <clears throat> and uh, Mike Van Arsdale, who's an Olympic wrestler, um, he was down there and I watched him have like a meltdown. <laughs> yeah talking to crazy Bob and saying like, what am I doing? I, I wrestled at the Olympics. I I'm a, I'm a college grad. I'm 40 years old. And he's talking all this stuff. And he's like, what am I doing in Mexico? I'm fight somebody, Bob. Like he was like making really strong arguments yeah. for why he shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, he went out there and he smashed the guy though. Absolutely destroyed the guy. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things you guys say, okay, okay. I'm not the only one who feels this way. And it's just about, are you, are you able to, you know, step through into the fray where other people aren't? And I've never been skydiving, but this is how I, I, I envision how it must feel for, for, for people is when you're standing on the edge of the plane with your pack and everything ready to go and, and you've got to jump out. You don't really know what's going to happen. You kind of have an idea what's going to happen. Like you got to jump out of that plane. The difference, the difference with fighting is though, it's like you're jumping out of that plane and you're, you're probably going to hit stuff on the way down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Up. yeah. It's a little different. Ah, that's a great, it's a good way to put it, man. No, I love that. And we talk about fight club incessantly on this too. I talk about it on the podcast and with these guys all the time, man. Um, I think I actually said that exact same quote, uh, just earlier on this call today, you know, how much do you know about yourself? And I think that's a, um, I think that's true from a very literal standpoint and it's just very true from a metaphorical standpoint too. If you don't put yourself in hard situations and give yourself a, um, you know, some test, uh, you're just not going to I, gonna, I, gonna I really push wrestling and martial arts, right? Like if you have issues with confidence and anxiety, like get choked out a few times, have, have somebody mount you. Right. And, yep. and, and, and collar choke you. And like, you're going to, you're going to learn to deal with stress. You're That's gonna, right. You're going to have to. That's right. You have no choice. You're going to have to learn to deal with it. Yeah. 
I love that, man. Super cool. All right, Fenley Steele, you're up, sir. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming on the call today. And my question for you is if you ever got to actually see the new Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, I did. We did. We, 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 so that was the thing is like the thing, uh, the shooting, the alleged shooting happened uh, while we were watching the movie. So we had no idea. So like, people were already out in, in the uh, hallway waiting you know, for a little while before we had got out. And there were other people in other movies who, when those movies ended, they came out and more people were just sitting in the hall. And luckily, like the way our mall is, the movie theater's upstairs. So there's really only one way in uh, up the escalators to get there. So yeah, like- good spot. What mall, you know, what, what mall was that at? Uh, Oak Ridge. Oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. All right. Mr. Turner, you are up, sir. Thank you, sir, for being here. It's a great pleasure. My question for you today is, what is a mistake that you've made that you would possibly try not to make again to some degree? Or something that, yeah, pretty much. No, good question. Um, well, one mistake that I wish I could have uh, handled better, you know, with, with more knowledge would have been marriage mm, yeah, <laughs> and, and getting married and um, expectations of marriage and, you know, the, that type of thing, I think would have helped me greatly <laughs> in my, my fight career, my personal life, uh, my children's future, everything would have been highly more dependent on, um, understanding the concept of, of, of frame. And, uh, what that is, 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 is knowing who you are and what you are and, and where you're going and how you live your life. And one of the big things about relationships you have to understand is how to maintain your frame because it's in a woman's, um, biological programming to test you for congruency. Is this person who they really are? Is this person really strong? Can this person keep me alive? Can this person raise my kids? Okay. So like, it's not like they're mean or they're evil, they're bad, but they will constantly pick and nag and poke you to try to break your frame. Right. Because if they break your frame, then they realize that you're not good enough <laughs> for them. So the whole mantra, happy wife, happy life is, is a death sentence. <laughs> okay. No, like women desire to be led. So if you're not, willing to be the leader and take that responsibility, like there's a good chance you're going to have a lot of issues in your marriage and it may fail. Mm. That's dude. That's um, there's a lot of, a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom in that you guys. And we had, um, you know, I was down in Mexico a few weeks ago with, uh, with a group of men and we were working on um, our various businesses, but also working on um, kind of this collaborative project. And that was a conversation that kind of came up Um was that very thing and the, and the understanding of knowing you and knowing who you are and leading from that and staying consistent with that is not going to create the issues that society says well that's going to create the issues and the wife like you need to bend over backwards on no you, it's a collaborative effort but you need to be able to lead it's okay to say man is going to lead the household there's only you. one captain of the ship there's only one captain of the ship man there's only one pilot making the decisions like it doesn't mean he doesn't have a team that works together and everybody has very important parts and necessary parts. Yes, sir. But like, like one yeah, captain, it's your, it's your DNA. It's in, it's in your programming to lead. That's so you right. You need to like step up and, and do it. Just do it. That's right. Gosh, so good. And, and, uh, and that's part of the problem too, is, you know, if I'm maintaining my frame, I'm stepping up, I'm leading and she doesn't follow. She's not the one. And you have to be strong enough to understand that she's not the one and you have to be okay with moving on, finding the next one 
until you find the one that has is supportive and follows your lead and, and and yeah does things your way basically that's it man and that's you know and every relationship has a specific type of dynamic if it's a leadership kind of situation in a workspace it's going to be the same thing you got one captain of the ship and we got to find out you know good team members it's the same um same kind of deal man but that's yeah that's vastly important no good wise words. and the little, little extra piece on that is like i wish i would have not um i wish i would have understood that my value as a man was only going to increase um with age like i wasn't limited like i didn't have to hurry up and get married at 30 you know i didn't have to hurry i i could have waited to meet and have a serious relationship until i was 35. you know i could have waited until my fight career was almost over with before i seriously started dating for marriage and children Sure. And I think just uh, understanding that younger would have really helped. Like your 20s is about building yourself up as a man. Yeah. Your teens and your 20s, it's not about partying and having fun and YOLO. Yeah. No, man. that's loser talk. Yes. Like that is that is your grind time, guys. Yeah. Like your teenage years and 20s. Yeah. That's when you yeah. grind it out because that's when you start being successful in your 30s. Most guys aren't worth a damn until they're 40, 45 years old. Yep. Right. So like, don't compare yourself to, to athletes and movie stars and people who are millionaires at 23, 24. It's not really comparable. Yeah. Most guys, it's going to take you a couple decades to really get into that sweet spot where you're earning good money and you have your life figured out. Yeah. That's when you're at your peak value. That's when, that's when you start looking for a woman because that's when you have uh, the most value to attract them. Yeah. Yeah. Good dude. So true. And that's it. We, we talk about these guys, you know, the compounding effort of kind of like investing yep. early in, you know, from a financial standpoint, the earlier you invest compounding effort, lifting weights regularly. Right. That's it, man. Right. And doing it early and often early and consistent. Right. I yep. mean, you and I had the, uh, you know, whether it was a, uh, good decisions or just product of, of athletics or whatever, like early on, working out athletics was a part of our life we stayed in decent shape so now we're in our 40s we can still come back to, there's still a that foundation is that foundation's there and it's an easier deal than if we had never worked out until we were 40. that's a whole different deal right and it's it's all of that consistency early on man it makes all the difference in the world so good aiden go for it sir thank you for coming on mr fitch i really do appreciate it so i obviously doing what you've done in your life and stepping into a, a cage with in, individuals who not only want to hurt you, but they almost, they, they, they want to kill you to, to be able to support their families. I, I would say it, it, it's a pretty unique career. And with that in context, one of the, the guys on this call, his name is Malachi. His internet is, is a little bit spotty today. And he wanted me to ask you, what would your advice be to, to a young man who's going in and he's stepping into the, the world of combat sports for the first time and he's starting to compete? Man, uh, just know <laughs> that MMA right now, because of the way that the business model is structured, is it's a game of pimps and hoes. Okay. Yeah. And you're and you're either you know pimp or the hoe, and the fighters are the hoes. We get pimped out by the media. We get pimped out by the fans. We get pimped out by comedians. We get pimped out by the promoters. We get pimped out by our managers. They all make money off of our backs. And we don't really have any uh, protections. We don't have any rights. We're severely exploited. We have a lot of money taken from us. Um, so understand that there's a lot of bad people looking to take from you. And you have to really be looking out for yourself. Um, now, you obviously have to find a good gym. You obviously have to do the work. You have to train hard. You have to develop your style. You have to develop your way of winning fights. Um, but a big part of the success of MMA fighters today relies on their social media, which is ugly, but that's the way it is. Um, because promoters don't really want to put the time and money into actually promoting you. Instead, they'd rather take a guy who already has a big following and just throw him in on, throw him into fights. It, say, it saves them time and money on promoting because this guy's already doing it by himself. So one of the things that fighters have to take in account is to is marketing. You have to learn marketing. Um, read as many marketing books as you can. 
you know, read, read, uh, all of the sales stuff because you're the product and you have to sell yourself to the fans. You have to sell yourself to people. You have to make them want to watch you. Um, it's a big reason why Jake Paul is pulling in a lot of money boxing, you know, retired guys and, and, and guys that are washed up. It's because he built up a huge following through social media and YouTube beforehand. And, um, you know, notoriety is the key to all, all things, combat sports, boxing, kickboxing, whatever, like the more notoriety you have, the more money you're going to get, the bigger fights you're going to get, the better titles you're going to get fight for. But nowadays, a lot of that self-promotion is, is necessary. You have to, there are promoters that will tell you, you need to have this many followers on your social medias before we'll even look even at you to in. bring you in on a wow. fight. That's so crazy, man. And that's the, you know, obviously that's the business side in Malachi. That's, you know, is a difference between the fight club mentality if you're going to learn about yourself um, going in and training versus the business side of it. But it's, yeah, yep. it's kind of crazy that, that. There's a lot of guys who get crushed because they don't understand the business side of it. Yeah. Really great fighters because yeah. as a fighter, we want to fight. We yeah. want to get out there. We want to be busy. But a lot of times that can make us take fights where we're injured. We take fights where it's too short notice. It's somebody who is not, who's, who's too far ahead of us at that time. You know, we need the time to develop. I fought a couple fights, either really sick or injured because I, I needed the money or whatever. And you end up losing those fights and it hurts your career way more than if you would have stepped out and taken time off. Yeah interesting on the paul brothers you know and good for them on the business side man i mean they're they're doing their thing and making some money but jake in particular um i think love him or, or hate him um i think he's been he's one of those guys that has been oddly advocating for the fighters a, a he, little I mean, he, is it more promotion you think or or He's doing, it's more self-promotion more self because we, we have we have the mixed martial arts fighter association he could reach out to us we have this lawsuit that's going on. He can reach out and, and help support, you know, the lawsuit. And he hasn't even mentioned it. Um, Got it. You know, we have a class action lawsuit. It's a billion dollar class action lawsuit. And it's been going on for six, seven years. Got it. He hasn't mentioned it once. Yeah. Yeah. And we've lobbied to Congress. We go to Congress and, and sell, you know, pay out of our own pockets to talk to politicians Got about uh, the Ali Act. And, uh, you know, expanding the Ali Act, which is uh, right. federal legislation that uh, prevents guys like Don King from, yeah. from existing. Yeah. And it puts, it puts some, uh, some protection for the fighters in and, and, you know, gives them some legal support. And we want to expand it from, from pugilists to all combat sports. He could easily help pay for a round of, uh, you know, uh, talking to politicians, but you know, he, he he's not going to mention that. He's not going to bring that up. He's just, it's self promotion creating too. drama to get eyes on him. To get eyeballs and doing a good job of it. Interesting. Trevor, go for it, sir. So, um, I have a brother that I like to beat up on to toughen up a little bit. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering if you had a brother or best friend or anything that you would do like things that aren't strictly physical to, to toughen them up. Um, Cause I kind of think he's getting a little tired of it. <laughs> um, man, I mean, I had an older brother, my brother, Al was four years older than me growing up. Um, we never battled or fought. I think, I think I fought more with my sister. She was closer to my age. She was two years older than me. I think we'd had more rough housing fights. <laughs> for being in each other's room or whatever over the days. But um man, I that's the thing is I don't know if you can make anybody tough. You know, being tough, it's weird. It's it's a thing that you can learn. You can learn how to be tough, but I don't know if you can teach somebody to be tough. You know, it's one of those things where like you kind of have to want to do it. You kind of have to find it within yourself to yeah. like step up. Yeah. There are, you know, workouts and you know, things like wrestling, jiu-jitsu and, and hard cardio and different things where you can put yourself in a situation where you, you have to be tough to get this thing done. You know, that that's definitely there. I think, you know, some of the jobs that I did with my dad when I was little, you know, we're, we're shoveling dirt or we're shoveling sand or we're shoveling mulch, 
you know, and we got to get it done. You know, we have to finish this. My dad, you know, we got to finish this and we'll go to eat dinner. It's like, yeah, you're starving. It's already six o'clock. You've been doing it for three hours. Yeah. Half the, half the truckload left to, to shovel out before he's going to let you go eat. Oh shit. Right. Well, toughen up, get it done. Cause if you, the longer you take, the longer it's going to be till you eat for sure. But I don't think that was a, that wasn't a thing he set out to like teach me. I'm going to teach him how to be tough today. I was just like, a, no, we got to get this done. Suck it up. That's a, you know, I mean, I, and again, dude, I think that's another parallel, man. I, I just see that in education over, you know, what I love about our schools, what I love about this program, this mentorship program that Tim and I, um, you know, kind of put together is look, we're laying out this roadmap, um, whether it's at school, whether it's here through this program, whatever that is, we're laying out this roadmap and we're kind of taking the Morpheus route of like, look, here it is. We're going to open the door. At the end of the day, we're not going to drag you through the door, man. You got to walk through it. Right. And that toughness is that same thing. You got to make the choice. Um, nobody's going to make that. You know, for you. To, I work now trying to counsel and help yeah. guys, yeah. you know, themselves and, and, and attain the lives they want. Yeah. And, it's hard even to get people to like want to reach out to get help because yeah. like yeah yeah like some people are just just yeah just take stuck. what's given to them and just barely get by and survive right. it's hard to you really have to want it like i think there's a lot of um comparisons with like addiction and people getting over addiction so like yeah if, if the person doesn't want self-improvement like it's not gonna yep you can't, you can't drag them there nothing gonna have it so i want to before because i, I want to honor i want to honor your time too and i know we don't have too much longer but i want to um be able to you know this goes out to um multiple countries it goes out to uh you know we got over a million downloads here just in this first year alone. So I want to make sure we're able to talk about what you're doing now too, um, in case people want to learn more and get involved on that. What are you doing now as far as the coaching side? Because I know you're doing some personal coaching on the uh, on the fighting side, I think on the relationship side and stuff too. Like what kind of things do you have going on right now? Yeah, so I uh, mostly I'm doing, you know, the, the combat stuff, seminars, yeah. Private lessons, small groups. I have Fitch Smash, which is a system that I've developed. Yep. Um, basically, you know, when we first started fighting and learning jujitsu and all this stuff, everything came back to how does this apply to the fight? Yeah. How does this apply to real world? How did and and we were playing fighting back in the day when you know there were knees to the head of the ground, soccer kicks. Yeah. You know, there were still yep. like those rule sets around. So like we were, it was more close to like street and real fighting, and. <clears throat> everything always was funneled towards how does this work in a real fight yeah where jujitsu today has become very sport based sport. you know a lot of guys are uh pulling guard rolling underneath doing upside down stuff leg locks which is which is all beautiful it's awesome it's really good but like in the street it, it translates different if you're a police officer it translates different um so like i went through this mac p training in 2011 uh, modern Army's combatants program and got certified in that in order to like kind of fix like some of the stuff within it yeah so i created my own system and it's basically you know i'm trying to get people from zero to fight capable as fast as possible like cut away the fat cut away the bull crap give them a specific path to to get there so i've got that that's in development this year i'm really hoping to be able to catalog everything on video nice able to have that up for people to to cool. you know train that on their own by themselves yeah get certified online that way yeah very and cool and hopefully have me out for seminars to do more in-depth training right. with it smart uh so that's that's one of the big projects the other thing is um yeah helping guys level up yeah you know uh money we call it money muscles game and frame that's that's the nice. focus yeah okay because that's 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 the that's what you need uh, in life. Those are the big, yep. those are big things that lead you to better, happier lives. So yep. one of the problems we talked about earlier is that guys are too soft yeah. in this day and age. Yeah. And really a lot of what I do when I talk to them is just tell them the ugly truth. Yeah. Things they actually and need to hear. They're not used to hearing it. Yep. Some people will be able to handle it. Some guys don't handle it very well, yeah. but I think we have, you know, a very emotional centered you know uh atmosphere these days and if a person is struggling with things like they're not getting real answers from the people around them yeah everybody just wants them to feel good right oh just you know i can't having trouble meeting girls oh just be yourself 
just be yourself and you know, magic will happen and she'll show up. It's, that's never going to work. <laughs> you know, which self, which self, like there's, we all have multiple that's selves. Right. We all have our bad days. We yep. all have our best days. We have, you know, our idealized selves also. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not enough just to do the nice guy. For sure. For sure. That's awesome, man. No, I love that you're, I love that you're doing that. Anything that we can, um, you know, we'll link, um, I'll, I'll pull things off the site too and everything. We release the episode. I'll make sure we link everything in there too. But, um, you know, if there's anything that, uh, that we can do on this side, whether it's seminar stuff, we've got spaces out here in Northern California. Um, yep, you know, I travel. That's awesome. You know, and then, and in part, so like you know, my fish smash system, I have three parts to, um, to the, the technique stuff. And that's Amos, which is, uh, achieve and maintain an operational status, mm. get up, stay up. Yep. I have, um, the second part is, uh, close the distance, subdue, submit. Yep. And the third part is stand and fight. Break it down yep. into three, yep. three separate three elements components. that all yep. together in order to make you a complete fighter. Yeah. But I also have two other legs that are non-physical. Well, I guess one is physical, but uh, my resistance training program, mm. my fish smash strength. Yeah. Because I learned, I started lifting in the seventh grade after the seventh grade, and I was a hardcore metalhead for a long time. Yeah. And then when I started training MMA, I didn't have time. Like yeah. it was too hard to lift traditionally and like still have energy to do the, my other workouts. Right. Like lift once for an hour, hour and a half, hitting, you know, eight to 12 exercises yeah, and then trying to work out three more times in a day was yeah, impossible. Not <clears throat> so I stopped for a while and then I started getting hurt and injured all the time. Mm. So I knew that I needed to start strength training again, yep. strength training again to build my joints, muscles, everything up. And, uh, I started creating my own version of what needed to be done. And, you know, the, the lifting for football, lifting for, for, for wrestling, uh, bodybuilding stuff. It just, it just wasn't working like yeah. nothing to failure. So I lifted more days, less exercises, um, lowered the weight a little bit. Yeah. And like, I basically created a system for, uh, martial arts lifting martial yeah. arts strength training. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that so is a big it difference. becomes a part of your hygiene rather than, yep. Oh, I'm going to do this lift for 12 weeks and yep. play a sport or, or whatever. Um, and then my diet. So I have a book out, the weight cut Bible. It's not just for cutting weight, which will help you cut weight extremely well, yeah. <laughs> but it's also just weight man management and maintaining a solid, healthy way of eating, uh, consistently. So you're not going on a diet. Like I've been eating the same way since 2016. Yeah. Uh, I've changed, you know, portion sizes, right. But like, it's pretty much the same, same, same kind of stuff. I'm eating the same boring ass stuff yeah. every yeah, 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 yeah. But it's fine because it's fuel for my machine, right? And then when uh, I want to treat, then I get my cheat meals on the weekend. Yeah. And when I'm consistent with my normal meals, like I get to have you know good, good stuff, savory stuff, less healthy stuff on the weekend. Yep, that's awesome. Well, make sure you link that too. I remember seeing. I mean, um, you know, again, I, I think. From from what I remember, I've only uh, come across you physically one time uh, in life when I was at AKA for a, it was either a day or two, um, and uh, I just remember going, dude, are you're, as I know you fought predominantly at one seventy, did some one eighty five, I believe you might have fought even at two hundred five before when I first started, yeah, yeah. But I, remember, I just <laughs> I was remember only like at two hundred three when I was fighting. Okay, okay, yeah, I just remember. You but just I'm started. I'm you're, huge now. I spent dude, this last year, big boy. I spent this last year lifting and eating yeah. to see how much weight I could put on. I'm yeah. 234 right now. Wow. Yeah. You're, I just remember thinking even in general, when I walk by, I just remember going, shit, dude, that dude's cutting down to 170. Like I need to go down to like, yeah. like once there's no way I'd ever make that again. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Right for now. sure. Yeah. No, um, that's awesome. I may, I'm thinking about doing some grappling and there's a, there's a 98.9 and below weight class. I okay. think it's like 217. I think I, I might try to do might something. with that. 
but we'll see. I don't know, man. The, the heavyweights may be slower awesome. and in less shape. Yeah, so yeah. maybe I'll come in at 240 and well, grapple with some heavyweights. Well, I feel like, I mean, you you are the guy that can, you'll be able to go wherever you want to go and you'll have much success, man, because you've already put in all the work and, and you know, you're one of the best to ever do it, man. So super appreciative of, of you as you as an individual, man, you coming on and, and uh, spending time with these guys, man. It's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal, dude. I, I appreciate it greatly. This is, I mean, this is really cool to see. I wasn't sure what today was going to be like, but these guys are awesome. They're rad, man. They're already, already gives me hope for the future. They're already yes, sir. putting themselves in a position to, to kill it. That's it, man. That's the, that's the idea. You know, most, most guys, guys twice their age are still just sitting at home playing video games. Correct. In their mom's basement. Correct. Complaining about everything, but not actually doing any work. That's right. And you know what? The only thing I'm grateful for as far as that goes is that these guys are going to need somebody to work for them someday. And maybe those will be some of the guys, you know? I mean, because that's it. Developing a different kind of breed, man. Yeah. Grateful for you, brother. You guys, let's give a big thanks, Mr. Fitch. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So rad, man. Hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you, man. I got some things that, uh, that I want to send you to, um, just, just as a, a thank you on my side, man, for, uh, for spending the time, man. I got some stuff I want to send to you. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Really appreciate it guys. I appreciate you brother. And I'll, uh, we'll make sure we tag too. When we release the episode, probably come out in a couple weeks. I'll make sure we put all your stuff in there too. So people can uh, see that and get a hold of you too. And we'll tag you up and cool. all that too. Awesome. Really right appreciate on. it. Awesome, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Right, Have bro. a good one. You too, sir. Thank you. All right. Head over to IG, see what he's up to. And John Fitch, uh, website, of course, johnfitch.net. And uh, you can see everything that he's got going on there, classes, speaking, and all of that good stuff. Uh, and very much appreciate you jumping on, uh, pouring into uh, the young heroes in your life and supporting all the young heroes we get to support here with uh, Acton Academy, Apogee Strong, and The Essential 11. We'll check you guys next time.